0: Welcome to the hills this Christmas Eve and a special shout out to all of you watching online literally around the world. Here's what I know. The holidays are a very busy time and you've made it a priority to spend some of that time focusing on Christ and His coming. And so we welcome you and thank you for being with us. And we really do hope that this is your best Christmas ever. So we've been in this series, uh, Christmas reframed. And the idea is that the Christmas story should reframe or change how we picture everything, including December the 25th. So let me just ask you, if you were to look at what the perfect December 25th would be, what would that picture look like? Uh, The right Christmas playlist with your favorite holiday songs. Hopefully not Mariah Carey every five minutes. And your favorite Christmas foods and no fruitcake. We're all agreed on that, right? And someone you can't wait to see who's coming or maybe someone you hope isn't coming. Uh, there's just enough snow to make everything look beautiful, but not enough to ruin your travel plans. And that just what you wanted gift is waiting for you under the tree And you're going to watch your favorite classic holiday films. And then you're going to drink cocoa and sit around the fire with your favorite children, right? Well, it ain't going to happen. That's all I got. Let's stand for closing prayer. Here's the truth that we all know. Christmas never goes perfectly. No matter how much we try, no matter how much we plan, no matter how much we hope, something always goes wrong at Christmas. Now, we all know this because we all have tried to put up Christmas lights and we all have our epic fail memories. Maybe not as bad as this guy. Now, that's a pretty failed attempt at Christmas lights. And what happens to Christmas lights when you put them away in the attic? How do they come out in a big old ball like that? And it's just not even worth trying to untangle them. Now, I've never had this experience. That's a pretty major Christmas light fail right there. Or do you have that neighbor that just goes so overboard you think, what's the use? And you just give up. (laughs) Let me just tell you that something's going to go wrong on Christmas. A toy is going to break. A meal's going to get burned. You're going to get something you do not want and have to put on fake smile and pretend you're excited to get it. You're going to run out of batteries. Somebody's going to get sick. Someone's going to be late. Someone's going to drink too much. Or maybe they're going to show up because everybody's got a cousin Eddie in the family, right? (laughs) And that may not be the greatest Christmas movie ever, but when... Eddie says to Clark, that there's an RV. And don't be getting your hopes up because I'm taking it with us when we leave next month. If you didn't laugh, you do not have a Christmas soul, okay? (laughs) Isn't it true that the most wonderful time of the year is often the most stressful time of the year? And so, for some of you, this will be the first Christmas since you lost your job. It'll be the first Christmas since they got deployed. It'll be the first Christmas since the divorce. It'll be the first Christmas since the doctor's diagnosis. For some of you, this will be the first Christmas with a place at the table that is empty. That for Christmas's past was filled by that person that you miss. In a movie called Meet Me in St. Louis back in the 1940s, Judy Garland sang this little song to her younger sister who was depressed about the prospect of having to move away. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Let your heart be light. From now on, our troubles will be out of sight. Seriously? If you can just have a good enough Christmas... If you can just be merry enough, if it can just be perfect enough, all your troubles are going to go away. When do troubles ever recognize a holiday? Those aren't even the original lyrics to that song. The original lyrics were, have yourself a merry little Christmas. It may be your last. Next year we may all be living in the past. How's that to cheer you up? See, here's the truth. Life is hard. And expecting perfect only makes it harder. And do you know who should know that better than anyone? is people like us who believe the Christmas story really happened. Because if you ask Joseph and Mary, they would say there was nothing about the birth of our first child that was picture perfect. There was an unplanned pregnancy with all the scandal that went with it in that culture. A rushed wedding that nobody celebrated. And then right at the end of your pregnancy, there is an unexpected and very hard trip. And when you arrive, there's no place to stay. I wonder, did Mary say to Joseph, seriously, you didn't get reservations? Because in my opinion, that's probably why it was a silent night. I'm just guessing. (laughs) And you got all these uninvited guests. And you got some nut job as a king who was making death threats against your baby. So you got to pack up and move as immigrants to a foreign country to get away from him. And that never gets on a Christmas card because that's not a pretty picture. But it is a picture of a beautiful truth that Christmas reveals God's heart for an imperfect world. Now, have you ever gotten a gift that was more trouble than it was worth? A woman wrote into Reader's Digest several years ago that she had an aunt that liked to knit. And would typically make her Christmas gifts. And you might get a cap or a sweater or a quilt. But this past Christmas, she got a box from her aunt and she opened it up, and it was just a big ball of yarn, two knitting needles, and a note scarf, some assembly required. (laughs) And that's what a lot of us are frustrated with. We don't know how to fix this mess. Because the world isn't perfect. It was created perfect. God didn't mess it up. We did. And heaven's response to an imperfect world wasn't to shout, fix it. Do something with it. No. Heaven's perfect answer. Was to send the perfect as the answer. The Bible says God loved the world so much. That he gave his one and only son. Because a broken world will never cause God to break his promises. And so Christmas is heaven's announcement. That God's not going to give up on us. God's not going to look at the mess we've made of the world or even the mess we've made of our lives and turn His back. God is not going to be so repulsed by our imperfection that He's going to abandon us. No, in fact, Christmas says that God's perfect plan to bring perfect back has been birthed. Hundreds of years before Jesus was born, a prophet predicted this. His name is Isaiah. Here's what he said. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. In other words, hundreds of years before Jesus was born, the prophet said someday he's going to be in charge. Someday he's going to rule the world. Someday it's going to be the way He wants it to be. And you know what we're going to call Him? We're going to call Him Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That the perfect Son came to guarantee that the perfect world will come someday. The way things are is not the way things are going to be. That someday we won't need funeral homes or divorce courts or oncologists or rehab centers. But God's heart for an imperfect world is greater than just His promise to fix it. In other words, Christmas is offering more than just hope for a perfect future. It is offering a way to cope in the meantime with a very imperfect present. Because Jesus wants to give us a gift. It's the gift we've always needed. And I think deep down we know It's the gift we've always wanted. Right before Jesus went back to heaven, here's what he said. I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. Do you know what you need more than anything to live in this world the way it is? You're not going to find it under a tree. You can't get it at a mall. You can't go online and buy it from Amazon. FedEx isn't going to bring it to your porch. The gift we need the most is a kind of a calm and a resolve and a joy and a hope in our spirit. That allows us to be the people we really want to be no matter what's going on around us. Because here's the deal. The problems that we have the 24th are going to be there on the 26th no matter how hard we try to make the 25th perfect. But when life is far from perfect, we can still be close to God. Because Christmas offers the gift of a perfect peace. birth of Jesus doesn't mean all our troubles are out of sight. It doesn't mean all our problems are going to go away. What it does mean is that we can experience a kind of peace that will not go away even when life is very imperfect. And it always is. It's a supernatural peace. It is a gift From heaven. We can't produce it. We can only receive it. It passes understanding. You can't explain it. But you can't explain it away. When this peace of God comes. You can't deny it. And life can't destroy it. No matter how hard it gets. Let me tell you something you probably already know. Life doesn't recognize your sovereignty. You're not in control. No matter how hard you try to get the people around you to be who you want them to be. No matter how hard you try to make the circumstances of your life in order just like you want them to be in order. Life doesn't recognize your sovereignty. Here's what you get to control. And it's big. You ready? You get to control who or what will rule your heart. Here's what the Bible suggests. Let the peace of Christ rule in your heart. Let the gift of heaven. Let the coming of Jesus. Let God's perfect plan that has been birthed. Settle deep inside and let it produce in you what only God can give. A calm and a hope and a resolve and a joy that doesn't go away when life just won't cooperate with the way you want it to be. The problem is not that our expectations are too high. The problem is we put our expectations in the wrong place. Stop Expecting your family to be perfect. Stop expecting perfection from your job or from your friends. Stop expecting your health to be perfect. Stop expecting your circumstances to be perfect. In fact, can I give you a break today? Stop expecting perfection from yourself. What you can expect. Is that the one who came still comes. And his presence is a perfect gift. That will sustain you. No matter what's going on. Because you've stepped into a better story. And stories have the power to heal. So if I was to ask you, what is your favorite Christmas movie? Maybe some of you would say Christmas Vacation, but I bet a lot of you would say it's a wonderful life. The story of a man named George Bailey, whose life was falling apart in disarray, played by Jimmy Stewart. Now, Jimmy Stewart was a very popular actor. In fact, in 1942, he won an Oscar for Best Actor for a movie called The Philadelphia Story. But, you know, at that time, our country was in the midst of a great conflict. And Jimmy Stewart didn't want to be just an actor. He wanted to be a soldier. So he joined the military. And the military wanted him to film promos that would help young men decide to enlist. He didn't want to be an actor. He wanted to be a soldier. In fact, that's why he got his commercial pilot's license, so that he could join the Air Force. And after much uh, requesting, his uh, desire was granted. And Jimmy Stewart spent 20 months stationed in England as a pilot. He flew many missions over the European theater. And it was a hard time in his life. Because anyone who has been in combat knows it never goes perfectly. He had trouble sleeping. He lived on ice cream and peanut butter for months because he couldn't keep food down. And it only got harder when he was asked to be commander of an entire squadron of B-24 bombers. He wasn't just flying anymore. He was sending young men to fly. And many never came back. Two events especially scarred him. One was when ten, or 13 planes went down on one mission. A hundred and thirty of his young men didn't come home. He would write dozens and dozens and dozens of letters to mothers and fathers back in the States saying their son would not be coming back. And maybe the event that scarred him even more on one particular mission that he was leading and they were going to uh, try to destroy a munitions facility. But their uh, instrument panel uh, malfunctioned. And they let load their payload of over 30 tons of bombs on an innocent French village, knowing they had just killed many unsuspecting people. So how do you recover from that? And so when the war was over, it wasn't over for soldiers like Jimmy Stewart. They sent him to what they called the Flak Farm. We know now that he suffered from what we would call post-traumatic stress disorder. When he finally went home, his parents didn't recognize him. He had lost so much weight, his hair had turned gray. Now, remember, when he left, he was one of Hollywood's most popular uh, romantic lead actors. Well, he didn't look that part anymore. He wondered if he would ever get cast for another film, but he was. In 1946, Frank Capra asked him to play George Bailey. A very desperate and broken man in need of redemption. You see, one reason... Stewart's performance was so powerful was that he didn't have to stretch much to play the character. He was battling his own demons. He wasn't sleeping well. He would fly into fits of rage on the set. And at one point he even screamed to the cast, "What's the point of making movies when the world is the way it is?" And of all things, it was the character that played Mr. Potter that pulled him aside And said, have you ever thought that telling a story like this will do the world a lot more good than all the bombs you ever dropped? And for Jimmy Stewart, that moment was a game changer. He began to ponder that the best thing he could do for the world was tell a story about grace and redemption. And hope. So when he gets to that end of that movie and he shouts Merry Christmas Bedford Falls. And you look into the face of George Bailey. You're also looking into the face of a man who was starting to heal. That's the power of a story. And Christmas reminds us that we're part of the greatest story That's ever been told. And it's a true story. It's a story of hope. It's a story of grace. It's a story of redemption. And it's a story that can heal us. Sustain us. In a very hard world. Because light has come. And the darkness has not, the darkness cannot, <laughs> the darkness will not ever overcome it. So this time of year, every year, we have these services and we, we take a moment and we light candles. Not because it's pretty, but it is. Not because it's a tradition, although it's become one. We're doing something bigger and better. We're making a statement as a community of faith. That we're going to hold on to hope. That we're going to be people of peace. When the world isn't perfect. Because we have received a gift. That keeps us. Going, even when it's dark. So I'm going to pray, and we're going to light our candles as a statement, as a declaration of faith in our hope. So, Father, receive our worship, receive our praise. We thank you for sending Jesus. It's the story that has changed everything. I know right now there are some people listening to me, and life has been really hard lately. And they can't fix it. But what we can do, God, is receive a gift. We can open up our hearts today to supernatural peace. That your sons has the last word. Both in the future and right now. And His presence is always perfect. And so we light our candles to say, God, we believe our season will come. And we put all our hope in Jesus. We pray in His name. Amen. Amen.